All right, folks, it is the eve of night one of the NFL Draft. You're rocking and rolling right here. Hottest show in these streets. We're talking your Alabama football news in my own words. George Truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Welcome on in here on a hump day. Glad you guys can be a part of the show. We bring you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. We stream this to you through YouTube. Speaking of the channel, you know what time it is. You smash that subscribe button. You hit subscribe, tap subscribe right now. Share the show. Get every friend, family member, diehard Bama fan, casual Bama fan, consumer of Tide Football to hit subscribe as well. Also, don't forget to like the show. Tap the like button. Hit the like button. Give us a thumbs up right there. Raise those like levels up. Trying to get this 50 likes to start the show. We appreciate you guys at Daily Super Chat Go. $100 Daily Super Chat Go right there. 100 bucks. We appreciate all of you for making this your place to talk Crimson Tide football. Also, hit that notification bell so that way you miss absolutely nothing when it comes down to your Bama football coverage. But got a lot to get into this evening. We want to hear from you, the Bama fans. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. Number right there on the screen, 205-448-1358. One more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you. But, John, we're going to hop right into the conversation of that being on Tuesday, yesterday, the Alabama fan base pretty much stunned because news came out in regards to could Alabama pursue a quarterback from the NCAA transfer portal? And the news had broke. Just so happened to be on one Tyler Buckner, who's, who came Notre Dame, former Notre Dame quarterback. You know, he decided to put his name in the portal as of Tuesday. And uh, there were several reports that came out saying he's going to visit Alabama. He's going to come to Tuscaloosa. You know, Tommy Reese was his offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Now Tommy Reese at Alabama. Could Tommy Reese be bringing this guy in here to be quarterback? Just so much stuff, reports happening out there in the world of social media. And it got... A whole lot of people talking and people conversating, having conversations and wondering, does Alabama pursue a quarterback from the transfer portal? And if it does, is this the guy that they pursue from the portal? Now, Tyler Buckner from uh, Notre Dame, like I said, worked with Tommy Reese. So he knows Reese's system. He knows Reese's offense. Reese coached him. uh, You know, that type of ordeal there. I do not see Buckner playing at Alabama. I don't see him getting a scholarship to the University of Alabama. I think personally, this is just one of those things where Tommy Reese just doing something cool for the family, bringing him in, letting him visit, talking to the young man, probably telling him, hey, man, uh, we, we, we got no room here on the roster. We, we got no quarterback room on the roster. We got four guys that we really like that we really want to develop down here. We got no room. Now, if you want to be a GA, you know, getting a coaching at some point, we, we may have room for you there in terms of being a GA. But in terms of playing at the University of Alabama, eh, not necessarily any room there. So could be a situation where, you know, Tommy Reese wanting to show the family of, of Buckner some love and just having them in for a talk, for a conversation, and probably – Letting them understand that, hey, uh, there's no room here on the roster. You look at uh, the University of Alabama football program at the quarterback position, just due to, as I say it, Bama's got four scholarship quarterbacks. You've got Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, Eli Holstein, and Dylan Arnigan. All four guys offer you something. All four guys have uh, unique skill sets. All four guys give you a lot more than what Tyler Buckner gives you. Buckner, you know, no offense to him, but he only threw for roughly 600 passing yards, three touchdowns, and five picks a season ago at Notre Dame. So doesn't really offer you a whole lot there. I mean, if, if this was a Bryce Young type of talent, 
if this was a Caleb Williams type of talent at USC, if this was a Drake May type of talent at North Carolina, if this was a Trevor Lawrence or a Deshaun Watson type of talent back there at Clemson, then I can say, hey, it's worth the risk you losing one or a couple of quarterbacks to the portal because you're bringing in a generational talent especially with the defense that we saw in the spring game, especially if that defense carries that energy from the spring game into the season in the fall. But because Tyler Buckner is not of the same caliber as the quarterbacks I just mentioned, there is no reward factor to the risk. It's way more risk to bring in Buckner and you risk losing you know, one to two of the quarterbacks that you already have on the roster that have been a part of your program, in your program, learning your program, knowing your program, developing within your program. And I look at whether you have a Jalen Milrow out there at quarterback, you can win with Jalen Milrow. Whether you have a Ty Simpson out there at quarterback, you, you can win with Ty Simpson. What I saw from Dylan Larnigan, you can win with him out there. You know, a quarterback, you could even went out there with Eli Holstein. So you, you got the four guys that you need. You got the four guys that you can use. You got the four guys that you need to develop. My, 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 my thing is that, you know, you, you use the guys that you have. You, you, you work with the guys that you have. Because if I, if I know one thing, John, it's this right here. When you have players that have worked their tails off in your system – they have toiled in your system. They have gotten developed in your system. And they really feel like I have a chance to compete and gain a starting opportunity. And then you go out there in the transfer portal and you bring somebody else in to play that guy's same position and leapfrog over that guy and replace that guy. Then the player that's been in your system, they're going to feel like that's a huge slap in the face to him. That's a huge middle finger to him. That's a huge disrespect to him. You're basically telling him with that move, we don't believe in you. We don't think you're good enough. We, you don't, we don't think that, that you're qualified enough to play this position. So uh, that's why when you got four and five-star talent that you recruited, you work, you develop with that four and five-star talent. And uh, Bama needs to allow Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson to show that they're the guy. But at this point, Bama needs to allow Jalen Milrow, if it's him, show him, show him to show them, hey, I'm the guy. Ty Simpson, show them that he is the guy. Don't, don't get anybody from this transfer portal. Allow the guys that you've recruited, allow the guys that have been in your program, understanding your culture, to show you I am the guy for this job. But I just thought it was interesting how – Yesterday, we got the news. Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame uh, visiting the University of Alabama program. Hopefully, it's just a small talk, a small conversation, a small sip of water, and that's it. And, and we can continue with the four guys you got on this roster and worked with the four guys already in the program. But we go to our first break here on the show. On Touch That Dow, we're just getting started. Upon our return, we go to the phone lines to grab your calls, your thoughts, a dialogue, a conversation with you, the Tide fans, comes after this. I'm Alec Moore, and you're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama's YouTube channel. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama Team Paper, which is a video yearbook they've put out for sale direct to fans. Now, for the first time, small dollar purchases from the fans can support the players as a group as well as a great cause because one dollar of every subscription payment is donated to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Be a five-star fan base and support your team and a great cause with Team Paper. Check it out at teampaper.com Alabama. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. 
They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. All right, people, we're back to the action from the break on a Wednesday hump day. Hottest show on the streets. Talking your Bama football news in my own words. George truly, Stephen Smith of TDA. Night one of the NFL draft tomorrow. Lives about to be changed forever. Young men about to become multimillionaires. A dream that's been thought of since these young men were kids is about to come to life. We got 50 likes right now, but continue hitting that like button, tapping that thumbs up, giving us a like on the show. We're going for 100 likes. Continue hitting the like button. Appreciate my man Ty Alexander with that 999 and the super chats dropping the love there in the bucket. Appreciate that from Ty Alexander. That daily super chat go $100 daily super chat going 100 bucks right there. We appreciate you guys for making this your spot right here for Bama football. But we go to the phone lines to get your calls. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in, 205-448-1358. We grab this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel? And state your name. And where you calling from? Hey, Steven, it's Juwan from Arkansas. How you doing? Doing great, Juwan, and yourself? Doing well this evening. What's on your mind, man? I'm just calling in. Just calling in to talk about the quarterbacks, man. I, <clears throat> I just can't believe that Alabama's even going. Well, we don't know for sure. We don't know that anybody from Alabama has actively looking for a quarterback in the transfer portal. We don't know if they want Tyler Buckner or not. But I still say that if they do pull in the transfer, it's going to hurt the quarterbacks in the room. You're going to lose either Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow or possibly both of these guys if you pull in any transfer. And right now, Tyler Buckner is the only guy in the portal. But I think Alabama should live or die by Jalen Milrow. I just know that he's going to be ready whenever the lights turn on. It's different than having just a practice or, or a scrimmage. And people have to look at this. No, None of those receivers did any of the quarterbacks any justice. Right. Eight drop balls. Now, I love what my, I love how Miles Kitzelman caught the ball at the tight end position. I love how Danny Lewis caught the football at the uh, tight end position. I love what Justice Haynes were doing. Those, those guys are all going to be playmakers. They're going to be prime contributors whenever fall comes. I see that right now. But I look at Jalen Milrow. You look at that touchdown he scored whenever he ran that zone read and went straight up the middle. Guys, they're out there. If you touch the quarterback, he's down. He went untouched into that end zone. So you picture what he's going to do on a Saturday whenever that play breaks down when you're playing LSU in, in, in uh, Tuscaloosa on a Saturday and everything breaks down. You're going to need those legs of Jalen Milrow to win that game. I, I'm still going to keep riding with that until the fall comes. Jalen Milrow gives Alabama the best chance to win a national championship, man. I'm still the jury's still out on Ty Simpson, and I love Ty Simpson. I followed him whenever he came out of high school. I know about his dad being a head coach at UT Martin, but the more I keep looking at him, I'll give him a pass too. He had a dislocated finger, so some of those throws were off on him. Maybe if he uh, his finger was in better health, he he could have threw a couple better passes. But he did not look terrible. Is the thing. I want people to stop acting like they just look terrible, like they couldn't hit anything because receivers didn't help. So we got to look at that. If we're going to criticize the quarterbacks, we have to criticize the pass catchers. As a wide receiver, your job isn't to be Jalen Waddle. Your job isn't to be Devontae Smith and win the Heisman. Your job is to catch the ball, move the chains. Now, what you do after you make the catch is on you. You can take it 80 yards or you can just get a first down and run out of bounds. But Alabama does not need explosive plays. Let's just move the chains, keep the offense simple. That's that's my opinion on that. But also in the spring game, I love what Earl Little Jr. did. He had the highlight play, that diving interception. That was sick. We see early potential in him right there. I love how Malachi Moore, he stepped his game up a lot. So 
Jaquincy uh, McKinstry. He was out there balling. So instead of everybody being negative and looking at the negative stuff from the scrimmage, just look at some of the good things. Defense is looking tough, you know? So I, I just encourage everybody to keep a, a more open mind. Don't think the sky is falling. Now, I do think that Coach Saban, if there was a better quarterback in the portal, that they would have – if it was a Drake May – or Caleb Williams, or a player of that caliber, but nobody in that portal is even touching Jalen Milrow, the, a fraction of the talent that he has. Notre Dame would trade Tyler Buckner for Jalen Milrow in a heartbeat if Sam Hartman wasn't there. So people have to realize that. In the window, we don't know how much longer Coach Saban wants to be a coach. So maybe that's why he's making all these moves in the transfer portal and doing stuff like that. Like I said, Tyler Buckner's still not on campus. So everybody needs to cool it. Let's wait till September rolls around or, or fall camp rolls around and we'll see if we'll know a little bit more about what's going on. But my opinion, it needs to be Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow or Dylan Lunt. Well, I'm not going to, we know Dylan is not going to get a chance. But how Lonergan stood in that pocket with those big guys rushing down on him and he showed that poise. You, you could tell by his helmet how he read it from the sideline from right to left and then made that nice touchdown pass to Justice Haynes, which, in my opinion, Justice Haynes could be a five-star running back or a five-star wide receiver. Either way, you got to get that guy on the field. Justice Haynes was balling so hard, man, I almost forgot that Jason McClellan or any of the other running backs were on the roster. So let's just keep an open mind. Let's let's just stay positive and watch what happens, man, because at the end of the day, man, this is Coach Saban. This is the Alabama Crimson Tide. They're going to put a product out on that field that's going to be ready to play as hard as they possibly can and make everybody happy. There, there is a Bama standard, but you got to understand these kids that are on this roster now, they don't know, they know about six national championships, but they haven't been a part of that. So they're going to acquire it, the feeling and what it takes over time. Of course, they know about Coach Saban and, and the, the legend that he is. And that's why they're there at Alabama to be coached up. So let's give these kids a chance to get coached up and let's see what they do in the fall. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate the call. Bridget Juwan calling in there from Arkansas, giving his thoughts on the show. We grabbed this call here, John. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Uh, this is Miles uh, calling from Athens, Alabama. What's good, Stephen? Doing great, Miles, and yourself. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to call in about the topic about the quarterback. Uh, I say the only reason it would be good if it was like he was to come and be like a, a backup and be like a, like you said, like a grad assistant to the quarterback so they can learn the scheme better. You know, somebody who's familiar with Reese's offense and all that stuff, he could come in and, you know, help out a new. And that route, what do you think about that? I mean, as a GA, if Buckner was to come in as a GA, I'd be, I'd be fine with that. If Buckner was to come in, you know, as a walk-on, you know, that'd be, you know, I, I would even find a way to be okay with that. My thing is, uh, don't offer the scholarship. That's my thing, because once you offer the scholarship, you're taking a scholarship away from somebody else. And then on top of that, once you offer that scholarship, that's literally telling a Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow, we do not think you're good enough, so we're going to bring this guy in here on scholarship, and you can you can risk losing one or both to that portal. So if he comes in, as, if you were to come as a GA, I'm cool with that. If Buckner was to come as a walk-on, I would find a way to be cool with that. I know he's visiting just right now, but my thing is if you're Coach Saban, I would not bring him in as, as no scholarship quarterback. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, well, we'll see. You know, I, I think uh, I think we're in a good position. I think we'll be all right this year. Our defense straight. Just got to get them receivers ready. Just got to get through everything healthy, Miles. Appreciate Miles are calling there from Athens. Got to keep make sure everybody's healthy. But we got to shout out Jonathan McMillan, who put in a $100 Super Chat. Jonathan McMillan helping us hit that daily Super Chat goal of $100. We got Dan and Steve making an appearance there on the screen. Jonathan McMillan showing big love to the show. We appreciate him. We continue 
with phone calls here. 205-448-1350. There's another call there in queue, John. Well, there's no call in queue right there, but continue to get your calls in here. We go to a cool call topic. This was on John Mechie, former Alabama wide receiver John Mechie, who missed his entire rookie season last year for the Houston Texans due to he was diagnosed with a treatable form of leukemia last July. But Mechie, just like Eli Gold, has battled back strong. Uh, he has finished all of the cancer treatments. He is healthy from the leukemia. He is good to go. And according to head coach D'Amico Ryans, John Mechie is ready to play the 2023 season this coming up fall. So really excited to see John Mechie back there on the field as a wide receiver, catching passes, making plays. Very good day. Very good day to hear this news here on one John Mechie. Extremely excited to see what he does out there on the field. We go to another break right here, folks. We'll touch that dial upon our return. You know, Alabama's had a lot of impressive freshmen start on the offensive line. But is there another one coming? Is there another one already here that will start on the offensive line this upcoming season? We'll talk about it after this. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. We back to the action here, folks, from the break over number one form, number one ticket for Bama. Football news, in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of TDA, my man John Ivory in the production studio. We're right now at 70 likes on the show. We want that 130 more likes right there. Continue tapping that like button, giving us that thumbs up, liking the show, making this your spot to talk Alabama football. Hit that subscribe button as well. Share the show to all that you know so they can miss nothing. They can get all of what they need when it comes down to Alabama football content. But, second topic of conversation here, John, the Alabama offensive line is one of the positions where fans are talking about it's the toughness back. It's the the, uh, physicality back. It's the smack them around in the mouth back. It's that type of play back on the offensive line. Bullying opposing defensive lines across the line of scrimmage. Is that back? And... When I look at the spring game, the A-Day game over on last week, the one position I looked at was at left tackle. You know, Elijah Pritchett has some ta- he has talent, but speed of the, the speed of the guys coming off the edge uh, got him a little bit, you know, in that, in that A-Day game. And you have to wonder, you know, if Alabama does not decide to flip J.C. Latham from right tackle to left tackle, what would be the move that Coach Saban would go with? Well, one move I think he would go with, you got to look at five-star freshman Caden Proctor, who you flipped over from Iowa in the 2023 class. I think this is the young man that becomes the next freshman starter on the offensive line. He's 6'7", 354 pounds, massive human being. Uh, That that 6'7", 354, that's like Evan Neal big. Remember Evan Neal was like 6'7", 360? This is 6'7", 354. So this is basically the equivalent of Evan Neal, literally. And uh, going back to the spring game, Proctor played on that second-team offensive line that had uh, Miles McVay and Olaf Anganine, and those guys were pounding people. I mean, Anganine was just throwing folks to the ground. Miles McVay was out there working. Nobody got to the quarterback around Caden Proctor. 
That's how elite legit he was out there. Like nobody got around the end to get the quarterback off of Caden Proctor's side. So uh, for Eric Wolfert, that's the O-line coach. He's got his guys in here, and um, he's got a potential starter at offensive tackle with Caden Proctor. And we've seen in years past in the Nick Saban era, freshmen get the opportunity to start and or play, get big playing time on the offensive line. This all goes back to 2008, you know, with, with, with 2007, of course, with uh, the big Andre Smith. Big Andre Smith started as a freshman in 06. Started as a freshman on the offensive line. That was big Andre Smith there. But you go from him to you know, Cam Robinson, 2014. Started as a freshman on the offensive line. Jonah Williams, 2016. Started as a freshman on the offensive line. Alex Leatherwood, 2017, started on the offensive line. Jedrick Will started. Well, he didn't start, but got playing time. Big playing time on the offensive line. Evan Neal started on the offensive line. It was a guard first and got moved to tackle. J.C. Latham got quite the amount of playing time. His freshman season, 2021, on the offensive line. Tyler Booker. Last season, saw action at both left guard and right guard on the offensive line. So all of these guys are notable names. Their freshman year, they got an opportunity. They did. And now you look at a Caden Proctor who is going, who in my opinion, going to see and needs to see an opportunity there as a, a starter at left tackle on the offensive line or getting just a whole bunch of playing time with that first group because you look at 6'7", 354, you, you, you just don't sit that down. Like, like you don't bench that. that. That has to play. He's got, he got to play. That, that young man with that type of ability, size, length, wingspan, footwork, normally when Coach Saban looks at offensive tackles, he wants them to be 6'6", 6'7". Long, lengthy, athletic, big wingspan. Probably the only offensive tackle that started at Alabama that did not have that type of a wingspan, Barrett Jones. And he was just extremely cerebral, smart, instinctive. No, Barrett Jones was probably the only one uh, that was not of, of big size and big wingspan starting there on the offensive line, primarily uh, as a left tackle. But uh, uh, it, it, usually... We look at that position, Saban wants size, long arms, big hands, long fingers, wingspan, athleticism, assuring that protection there of the quarterback. So definitely keep your eyes on Caden Proctor moving forward. Had a very good A-day, a very good spring all the way around. People were very impressed and um, looking forward to seeing his growth here bring uh, summer workouts going into fall camp and next season. But we go to another break here, folks. We'll touch that down on the show. When we get back, we return to the phone lines. We get your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. We return to you, the Bama Nation, right after this. What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman. And you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith, in my own words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll! Roll! Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. All right, people, tomorrow night, the NFL Draft. How many players can Bama get in that first round? Will, will it have the number one overall pick in Bryce Young? Will it have Young and Will Anderson go one and two back-to-back? Back? So much to keep your eyes on 
for tomorrow night. But you're right here on the hottest show on the streets. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of TDA. Got my man uh, John Ivory in the production studio. We're 15 likes away from 100. Continue tapping that like button, giving us that thumbs up right there, hitting the like button on the show, making this your spot here to talk BAM football. And we go to the phone lines to grab your calls. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be made known, 205-448-1358. We Grab this call right here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Chad from Miami. What's going on, Chad? Not much, man. I didn't get a chance to call into your show on Monday. I was sleeping, but I did catch the replay, though. Nothing wrong with that, Chad. What's on your mind, man? So, um, yeah, I did take some notes from the Alabama 8-day game, man. It, it was very interesting. It was a... Uh, all right, so let, let me let me break it down. So, um, uh, running backs, um, um, I put that they're playing for their jobs, man. Justin Haynes is gonna be, is gonna take away some playing time from some of the starters this weekend. I mean, on um, this upcoming season, receivers got to catch the damn ball. How are you dropping wide open passes? Receivers need to be roommates with the football and the quarterbacks to build chemistry. Um, uh, and then also what a lot of people are talking about is um, will um um uh the wide receiver coach be in Alabama next year because, um, you know, Judy um, 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 uh, and all the receivers um, that were in that class, they didn't get recruited by Homer Wiggins. Um, he came in after they were recruited. And then the receiver that's been in Alabama lately that's been coming in, he hasn't really done, any, done much with them. Um, Tyden also played very good. They ran a couple of couple good routes. Um, there's a lot more movement, but um, like I said, um, they also have to catch the ball O-line. O-line was great besides the left side of the line. Like, they struggle against the pass rushes in D-line. And then um, uh, Proctor is a beast. I believe he should be starting. Whether it's left guard or left tackle, we need to get him on the field. Um, uh, quarterback, um, uh, they just need to be protected, like I said, man. The, the O-line did struggle on the left side. Ty Simpson is mobile. He can run, but he just gets a little bit of happy feet in the pocket. Um, he made a a lot of good decisions besides that pick he threw in the, in the end zone. But um, he needs to make all his, all his reads before he starts running. Um, uh, the game will eventually slow down to him, but he just has to build chemistry with receivers. And then um, that one bad ball placement that got Amari Nyblack hit. Um, Milro, he struggles at throwing the ball outside the numbers and down the field. Um, he also has to work on, on his ball placement. And then um, uh, he, I saw him um, – they showed it on the replay that he was staring down at his receivers and he was making one or two reads max. He needed to make all his reads before he started throwing the ball down the field. And then pretty much he just got to, he just got to get better chemistry receivers and um, um, just do his thing. And then um, our defense, man, they play lights out. I think the only bad thing about the defense was um, uh, uh, Terry on and um, Kool-Aid got beat. Both got beat on one play, but they recovered. And and ball out the rest of the game. Earl and then also um 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 Jake Pope, those those guys are magical. So was Caleb Downs. I got to give them their props. And then on top of that, um uh, with um um uh Terion and Kool Aid, uh, this is a major improvement I've seen from over the last two years. Um, they they were attacking the fifty fifty balls, and then on top of that, even even when the receivers had a chance to catch those balls, they knocked the ball away. So um uh they weren't handsy like they were the, for the last two years. I, I realized they stopped grabbing receivers a lot going on the field and just played with technique. And then the overall defense, they um pretty much um uh they they were very ferocious and they just saw an attack. They weren't um um overthinking or or um think or they were they weren't in the wrong place and so on and so forth. And that's a major improvement from the defense. So I'm very happy about that. I mean, Chad, absolutely. You look at the job that Kevin Steele has done as a defensive coordinator, and it's not, you know, thinking it. See it and, and go get it. And that's, that's what he preaches. You see it, you go get it, you play fast. You do everything at full speed, even if you make a mistake. Make a mistake at full speed. So that way, when we come back to it, 
We can make those necessary corrections. Javaris Robinson as the secondary coach done a good job with the technique of Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry on Arnold. So the spring game, uh, you come away with a good bit of your questions answered. I know people are still looking at it, but the quarterback, the, qu- the quarterback will round itself out. Quarterback will round itself. Appreciate Chad from Miami for the call. The quarterback will round itself out. But we're going to get on with this call right here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Hey, this is uh, Demetrius McClellan calling from Columbus, Georgia. Demetrius, what's up? What's going on? Man, nothing much. I uh, I just want to make quick statements, and I'm not going to hold you up a little longer. But, uh, you know, I coached years ago, and I I know a lot of folks were, and they keep talking about the quarterback position. But I I watched the Georgia game, and I watched uh, the Alabama games, uh, the spring games. I I can tell you this right now. Georgia's offense wasn't really challenged much. Because the defense, I think, because they lost a lot of players, but they still can plug and play. But at the same time, I've seen more, you know, a team that's going to struggle a little bit on the defensive side. You look at their defensive backs. Uh, with Alabama, I, I see a very seasoned team. But a lot of folks don't see it. I see a good team. I honestly see it because they play relaxed plays. So they're going to show you everything in, 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 in the book, you know. So they're just trying to figure out who's who and where we need to place them. I think we got enough people on the on that roster that can come in and do some good 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 things this year. But if if you look at the defensive backs, it's a complex. The defensive back schemes are very complex. A lot of assignments when you're running the defensive backs. So everybody's got to understand what the assignment is. And I think. I think these guys are pretty much smart. These these guys they recruited, they look very seasoned. They look very smart and understand their roles. The recovery times that they're able to close in on the ball, I'm telling you, I, I think Alabama's defense was going to keep them a lot in the game, and then the offense is going to find its way on. If you look at the quarterback play, I, I didn't see bad quarterback play. I, what I saw was a good defense. <laughs> That's what I saw. And the offense is not seasoned there yet. But I see a good defense. If you look at the, the interceptions that uh, Miro threw, he was th- that one interception he tried to throw a, throw the fly. I'm not sure he was trying to throw it to on that seam route, but he was he was basically hit across the elbow when he was throwing that ball. So right, that, right. That, that that messed up the velocity right there. He was hit, and then that one before halftime, he just threw a hail mary. It is basically just throwing the ball up, you know, but, you know, careless play, but everybody going to look at it and say it's bad, indecisive decision-making. I see a real good team. I see a team that's going to be controlled by the defense, and I think the offense is going to come along with it. And that's all I got to say, man. I hear you coming this after that. Appreciate Demetrius calling in from Columbus, and, and I've been saying the same thing. I look at this team. I've said this. It's, it, it mirrors 2011 Alabama. Well, you got your ran by defense, which after five years dealing with Pete Golden and all the frustration, what were you, the Alabama fans, saying? Where's our defense? Where's the defense? Where is it? Well, here it is. You saw it right there in the spring. There it is. You've been crying for it. Kevin's didn't brought it to you. So there's your defense. Offensively, you're going to have to carry the offense along a little bit, and that's not a bad thing. This is a team – that does not necessarily need a Superman quarterback. Bryce Young was phenomenal. And the two teams the last couple of years prior to this one maybe needed a Superman quarterback. This one does not need one. We'll take this call here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel? And state your name and where you calling from. Steve going on to G for Riley. What's happening, man? Not much, not much. Hey, hey, first off, the first, the first thing I was looking for in A Day was how we gonna play the ball in the air. Uh, it looked like T. Rod kind of got that cleared up. Now we ain't seen it against no crazy passing attack, no A and M, no Oklahoma, nothing like that. But I'm still not gonna take away the fact that from last year, like you said, we seen a lot of holding, we seen a lot of balls, the DBs being lost when the balls in the air and stuff like that. So. Secondary play, 
looks better. Um, I remember calling before and we was talking about Roach. I was saying, well, what what Freddie gonna do? Freddie ain't produced nothing in a while, but it looked like we might have got some D linemen now. Um, D line look like it would get some good pressure. <coughs> but I'm I'm gonna say this: we talked about this before because I'm I'm never gonna let Save it up on playing Chris Owens. I don't know what the hell. I hate to keep talking about something that three years ago, but it's still in the back of my mind. I I, I just feel like what we got right now is Saban going to play the best players. That's my that's my next biggest worry. That's my That's been my biggest worry with Saban for the past three years, the Pete Golden situation, and he's heavy seniority. You know what I'm saying? But, but you got Kirby on the other side who ain't worried about seniority. He put the dog and dog out there. So if if Saban can get back to letting the dogs rock, not not trying to please too many people, I think we go undefeated. I ain't just saying it because I'm a Bama fan. It's, you know, it's all what we've seen. If you look at last spring game, the running backs were breaking open big runs and big plays were going over the top this year. No back broke a big run over, over what, 15? So that's the tale right there. That let you know we flying to the ball, D line locking out. So we 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 really got it. Is what Saban gonna do at middle linebacker? Because me personally, I think the linebacker course should be um, what's the guy name Lawson. Yeah, and Jefferson. Lawson Jefferson and um, what's the other name? Thirty Campbell. That's the three man rotation at middle. Uh, Blackshaw looked okay, but Blackshaw Blackshaw gave up that pass play to Justin Haynes. So you know if 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 it's tough pickings, then any mistake I gotta hold you to it. So Blackshaw, we've been hoping and praying for you, but like I said, you clearly blew that pickup of Simon O'Haynes. So I got to put Jefferson, Lawson, and Jihad as a three man rotation. If if Saban give us that, nobody's messing with us this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As long as he don't do a Henry Toa Toa, oh, I got to play this guy because he know all 500 plays. Nobody cares about that. We got the team this year, Saban. If, if we rocking Jahai Campbell, Lawson, Justin Jefferson, we back. <laughs> I'm going to highlight you, Steve. Appreciate G calling in from Raleigh right there. And, and, and so going off of G's thought there, going off of G's thought, if you look at the offensive line, going off of G's thought, do you go two freshmen for the offensive line? Because like I said, you know, you look at Caden Proctor at left tackle, but I mean, could you put Olas Anganin at left guard? I mean, he was throwing some folks down in the, in the spring game. I mean, would you do that? Could you, or could you go with Miles McVay? Left guard, if, if we're going to put the doggy dog's eye on the field, you know, Offensive line, that left spot, that left side. Could you look at Proctor Anganine or Proctor McVeigh? That could be something interesting there, too. But we take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Hey, Steven. It's your boy Noah from Virginia. Hey, you, my man. Doing good, knowing yourself. I'm doing good, bud. I'm out here. Yeah, my buddy, he's he's from Mobile, Alabama. He told me he was at the he was at the spring practice thing. What did he say? He he's watching. He he, he said that's um Ty, um not Ty Sims um Gina Morrow. He said he's a good thrower. Miro's gotten better. I mean, he has. He's gotten better. It's just with him, uh, it, it's still you're putting it all together. But he has improved. Yeah, hey Steven. Go ahead. And I and I hope Jane Monroe, I hope he do not throw no intercept. We can hope we can beat Tennessee, LSU, get back on top at number one, not for Georgia. Or I hope see Nick Saban bring up our boys to the national championship, take us the victory over we like we played Georgia and then the national championship. Let's kick Georgia's butt. My prediction over the – like we play Georgia in the national championship, my prediction will be over our demo 50-24 over Georgia. Noah, already ready. Appreciate 
Appreciate Noah calling in for Virginia. He already ready. He got the prediction, 50 to 24. We're in spring. We're in spring. And Noah's already got his prediction for the college football playoff national championship saying Bam would beat Georgia 50 to 24. We're going to put that on the whiteboard there, John. We're going to take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. What's going on, Steve? Elijah from Jersey, man. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing good, man. How you feeling? Man, I'm doing all right, man. Just listening to a lot of these callers, see what people's writing and things like that. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people read too much into this 8A game, Steve. You know, to me, this 8A game is uh, it's, a, it's a great way to find out who knows what they're doing and if people are using the right techniques, things like that. Um, to evaluate what did you learn? Um, do you know what's going on? Are you somebody that when it comes to fall camp, we're going to have to work with you a little bit more, things like that. It's, I don't think it, it determines on who's the starter. From what I've seen, Steve, I believe that, you know, uh, Ty Simpson and Jalen Milroe could have, like we had a few years ago where a guy might play three or four seals with, series with Jalen Hurts and um, what was the other guy um, that they were splitting time at the beginning until somebody won it over? Blake Barnett. Blake Barnett, yeah. I, I could see that happening this year because it's a lot of unknowns with this team, Steve. I mean, we, we all are true Bama fans, but we don't have a solidified quarterback going into the season. That, that position up, is up for grabs. To me, not one receiver has separated themselves from the bunch to be the main go-to guy. You know, uh, everything, it seems like, is a big competition. We don't have anybody really at the skill positions except for maybe the running back back position. But I, I still think that's going to be a position that a lot of people get rotated in and things like that. But even, like, the quarterbacks, the receivers, things like that, I mean, it, it, a lot of it to me, Steve, is still up for grabs. Um, and like I said, I think the A-Day game is to um, see if you know what you're doing, see what you've learned and how you can put that to a game-like situation. Um, even on the defensive side of the ball, you know, it's how is your technique, especially for the secondary? Do you guys know the coverage? Uh, things like that, just to find out what you do know because – I look at it and see, say, Steve, these guys know they're still playing against each other. They're giving a great effort, but it ain't like you got Texas on the other side. It ain't like you got uh, LSU on the other side. You know what I mean? It's still a controlled game scrimmage. So, you know, I don't read a whole lot into the, uh, the A-Day. I do like to see, you know, who knows what who's out of place, who's missing assignments and things like that. But I, I believe this year, it, it feels like to me, Steve, it feels like a, a rebuilding year. You know, who's going to step up to the plate? We don't know who it is yet. Um, like I said, the, the most uh, solid group out there probably is the running back group, you know. But um, it feels like a rebuilding year, and I'm just anxious to see what all these guys bring to the table, man. Let me know how you feel, Steve. Appreciate Elijah there calling from Jersey. I mean, there are questions, of course, but at the same time, I look at it like this. You really, and this is how Saban likes to kind of play with it here, you really like it when you can go into fall camp without people knowing who your quarterback is, right? Especially, you know, if you go into fall camp already knowing who your quarterback is, then that's cool in a sense for you being that team, but it's not cool in a sense for the opposition to already know, okay, that's their quarterback. We can just set up and know how to play against them, how to scheme for them, how to scheme them out, you know, all, all of that, all that, the chess match there versus if you don't know who that quarterback is, then yes, it, it, then yes, for, for, for the fans of that team, it may, it may be a scary thought for the opposition. It's actually a pretty good thing because if they don't know who to scheme up for themselves. So I look back at, you know, 2011, we really didn't know who the quarterback was going to be at that point in time. It took game number two of a season against Penn State where A.J. McCarron finally grabbed and we saw what happened. We knew the pieces that Alabama had around the quarterback, 
but not necessarily did not know who the quarterback would be. So this year's team, you know the pieces around that position. Yes, receivers have got to catch the football, absolutely. But we know the pieces around the quarterback. Just got to see which one of these two or which one of these four, if you count Holstein and Larnigan, breaks out of this thing as the number one guy. But we grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? What's going on, Steve, man? It's Tobias out in Fresno. How you doing, man? How you been? Man, I'm doing great, man. How are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I've, I've been working a lot. I catch your I catch your your show on replay, man. Keep up the great work as always. I always love complimenting you, man. Just from podcast to now, like just you just doing it great, man. You always ask those great questions uh, in the meeting room, and I'm always look forward to seeing you know what Steve is going to ask to get us that those nuggets, those those gems to let us know what kind of team we have. But I agree with Elijah. Actually, a lot of times I'm agreeing with Elijah. I'm kind of uh, mediocre, like, in between, man. I, I don't want to get too high or too low about this A-Day game. Last year, I allowed myself to get a little bit too hyped up, um, and I allowed my eyes not to see what they were seeing. And so I'll just say that I'm really excited about the offensive line. I agree there should be two freshmen <laughs> starting this year, Steve. I just believe that, man. Um, and I think it's the two that you name. I think it's Proctor. I think it's that Alleman Olos kid. I saw him destroying people. Um, knew what he was doing. Um, I think he's only going to get better. He has a wide base. Um, it would be very difficult for for teams to handle us in that ground and pound and then play action, you know. So that's what I see. Defensive line, um, I like our rotation. You know, I'm not mad at it. Um, I like we got some big. I like that we got some good footwork. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of a struggle a couple of times getting to getting to the to the quarterback, but that's also because of the good play of the tackles. I agree with the two previous calls that go about the inside linebackers. I'm pretty excited about who's going to step up there. Um, I think we'll be okay either way because those guys are thumpers. So that's the first thing I was looking for. Like, who's going to thump? Like, who's, who's coming through with the heat? And, um, and, and so I think we'll be okay there. Secondary, um, I'm a little bit worried about our secondary and not because they're not talented. So I'm excited about it, but but here's my point. I, I'm I'm not excited, to, you know, real excited about the quarterbacks. I hope they don't listen to this broadcast because I don't want them to be, to be discouraged, Steve. But um, I, man, I don't see it. You know, I hope they get there. I don't mean no harm, but what makes me worried is that when you don't have great great quarterback play then it hurts your development as a defensive back because you're not going against a sharpshooter every day. So your technique, your, your speed, your hips, everything, you, you know, you, you're not getting that work because you got somebody who can't go through their progressions quickly. Um, they're not a sharpshooter and they're going to tuck it and run. And then, you know, as of right now, fumble or throw an interception. I saw that with Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts, man. I, I hate to even say this stuff. But through that season, I was scared every game. That's that 2015 season. And if you remember, Steve, our outside linebackers were so disruptive and nasty. Plus, you had Jonathan Allen in the middle. That they were making th quarterbacks throw in 1.5 seconds, no more than two seconds. So we ended up with so many non-offensive touchdowns that year. Steve, you remember that, man. And so we were just celebrating that incredible defense, but it was all up front that was making our DBs look even more wonderful than they were. And I do think losing uh, Eddie uh, hurt us, you know, in the championship game. We needed Jackson back there. But – 
my point is Deshaun Watson was able to put together a game and with 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 one second left, two seconds left, whatever it was, win because we had not gone against a prolific quarterback who could move and throw. So anyway, all that to say, I'm hopeful but I'm in the middle. I hope things work out. I know this transfer person came meeting. I don't know if I don't see why we would need him. I don't see how he's better than these two um, or three. But um, running back, man, I'm excited about that. I'll leave you with that. I got the message about to no more than five minutes. Listen, be blessed, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Roll Tide. Appreciate Tobias calling out of Fresno to the show. It's This is why we enjoy football, man. We enjoy conversations. We enjoy opinions. How do you feel? about your team after a spring game going into the offseason. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Hey, Steven, it's Chad. I just missed one point I wanted to get off, um, if you have time. Go ahead. I just want to say I had no criticism or, um, I mean, I have no quarrels um, between um, uh, Milro or the other quarterback, Ty Simpson. Um, I think they both need to improve. Um, Bama pretty much just need a game manager this season on offense while we're running the ball. Um, just make the plays when we need them to, keep the chains moving, and don't turn the ball over. Let the O-line run over people and unleash the defense pretty much. Absolutely, Chad. They're calling in from Miami, appreciating that. Just getting back to Tobias, agreeing with the point I made earlier on starting two, all, two freshmen on the offensive line. I know currently – Darian Dalcourt is the left guard, and uh, Dalcourt, good young man, good guy. But I mean, just watching Olas Anganin just wreck people out there, and then watching Big Miles McVeigh out there. Either one of those two, Anganin or McVeigh, as a guard next to Proctor as a tackle, get both of those freshmen out there to see what they do, see what you got right there. I mean, really, truly, see what you got right there. These offensive linemen that Eric Wolford has recruited, they're coming in mean and mean in business. And all of these guys, what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 big dudes. Probably the smallest of the group is Rock Montgomery. And he's, what, 6'4"? And he's probably the most underrated of the group. So, I mean, if you if you could look at an opportunity where you could start two freshmen on the offensive line, this would be... A shot right here, but we'll see how Saban plays this. Gosh, out Tobias with that 50! That $50 donation in the Super Chats. We appreciate the love there from Tobias. Dancing Steven uh, knows what he's doing right there, getting out of the business there with that donation coming in. Call topic, folks. We got the NFL draft tomorrow night from Kansas City, Missouri. How many guys can Alabama get in the first round? Nick Saban since 2008. We're talking 106 draft picks in that span. We're talking 41 first rounders in that span. Could Alabama have four more in the first round and get saved in the 45 first rounders? We know Will Anderson, we know Bryce Young more than likely will be the number one overall pick. He would give Nick Saban his first number one overall pick for Alabama. Will Anderson could go number two to the Houston Texans, giving Alabama that one-two combo right there. They both will go top five. And then you look at, you know, Brian Branch. He could go as high as 10 to the Eagles. Could go anywhere in that first round. And then you got Jameer Gibbs. I mean, my gosh, you got the Seahawks. You got the Saints. You got Tampa Bay. You got Kansas City. Several teams that, can, that are looking at Jameer Gibbs. So, Bama could end up with four guys in the first round of a draft. Two we know concretely, Bryce and Will. But Brian Branch, don't sneeze on that. He very well go first round. Jameer Gibbs as well. But congrats to all of these young men about to become multimillionaires in the next hours or so. I mean, this, this, this is a very special moment for them and for their families. But we'll take a final break here on the show and touch that dial. I'll put our return 
we get a little preview of Alabama's defensive secondary. How could it end up shaking out? We'll talk about it after this. Look at all these great players that touch on Alabama Magazine. Man, wait till I turn up this year. I'm gonna be on the front cover. But what if Will goes off? Or Joe, DeMarco, Chris, Tim, Christian. Don't wait. Order now at touchdownalabama.com or call 833-483-2624 today. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. This is Chris Rogers, 2009 National Champion. You are listening to the baddest, when I say the baddest, sports show in the state of Alabama. In my own words, you know, yours truly, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, don't touch that dial. All right, folks, we appreciate all of you, all of the phone calls, the chats, the conversations, the dialogue. You making this your show, your spot here to talk Crimson Tide football. Continue tapping that like button, hitting that subscribe button, sharing the show to everybody that you can. We appreciate that. And, uh, John, and for the final topic of conversation this evening, the Alabama defensive secondary, we talked about this quite a bit here on today's show, but how will this group shake out on the field? And uh, for Nick Saban and secondary coach Travaris Robinson, T-Rob in year two, for him at Alabama, been a defensive backs coach for a long time, the secondary put on a show on A-Day. It did. When you look at the job that Malachi Moore did. Christian Story had an interception. Uh, Terion Arnold had a pick. Earl Little had a pick. Jake Pope completely wiped out Jermaine Burton. Uh, you had Antonio Kite with plays. Dez Ricks with plays. Like, secondary played ball. Defensive secondary played big ball. And uh, for T-Rob and Nick Saban, can they have each guy in the right respective spot because opportunity for no fly zone again is there but everybody's got to be in their right spot and so uh, you look at Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry on Arnold these will be your two boundary corners they both played last year Kool-Aid took a big step forward from his freshman to a sophomore year and last season 15 pass breakups made a few all-america teams Terion Arnold played out of position last year at corner. He had never played corner prior to last year. He was mostly a safety. But last year, he did have 45 tackles, eight pass breakups, an interception, freshman All-SEC, and freshman All-American. So both of these two are back at your two corner spots. The question is, how does the rest of the secondary look? When you talk about the star position and nickel, the money position and dime, and both safeties, as you lost Jordan Battle and DeMarco Hellams to the NFL Draft, which is tomorrow. And you look at having Malachi Moore back. You have Earl Little II. You've got, you know, so many talented guys. Caleb Downs in here, Christian Story. You got a lot of talented guys here in the secondary. But how, ultimately, does this group shake out? Well, on screen here, this is my projection. I'm not going to say it falls completely this way. But this would be my projection. If it ends up happening this way, John, then I should be a billionaire somewhere in Vegas. But this is my projection right here. So you got, of course, Kool-Aid and Terion at both corners. At star, Earl Little II. The athletic pick he made off Ty Simpson. I like this guy. Dad, Earl Little Sr., played in the NFL for nine seasons. His high school football coach at American Heritage High School in Florida was Patrick Sertan Sr., who played in the NFL for 11 years. So uh, Earl Little would be my guy at star. That would be my guy as the nickelback playing the role left behind there by Brian Branch. Free safety, Malachi Moore. 
He played the position in high school. He went Trustville High School here in Alabama. Had a big senior year here at Trustville playing safety. Of a guy smart, instinctive, bigger now at six feet, 198 pounds, cerebral. I would have Malachi at free safety. Caleb Downs, I'll put strong safety. 205 pounds. He built different like a tank, but can run smooth, smooth, fluid, can cover, good hips, come down the box, help and run support. I would have Caleb Downs right there. Christian Jones, former Alabama wide receiver, mentioned on the developmental focus point with Bo Scarborough. He talked about how Caleb Downs gives him Landon Collins vibes. We all know how good Landon Collins was. Collins was the number one safety in the 2012 class out of Louisiana, New Orleans. Caleb Downs was the number one safety five-star in this class coming out of Mill Creek High School in Georgia. I'll have Caleb Downs, strong safety. I would have Christian Story as the dime linebacker. He can cover, yes. He's got range, yes, at 6'1", 211 pounds, physical with the size. I would have Christian Story as the dime linebacker. However, you could also flip Story and Malachi Moore. You could have Christian Story at free safety and maybe Malachi as your dime linebacker. So those two you can flip. You can interchange. But this would just be my projection here for the Alabama secondary. Does it come to fruition? Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully for me anyway. But that would just be how I would project it right now after the A-Day game. But as always, Bama Nation, you want the best in news, notes, information, coverage, material on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store. If you got the Android phone for your audio needs, check us out. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. Got you covered right there. The good and gracious Lord sees fit. I'll try to be back on Friday, continuing the conversation that is tied football. Remember, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those hit to your door. That link found in the description. If you're trying to grab the latest copy of TDA, the magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member and or a subscriber today. That link in the description as well. Gotta shout out you, the amazing fans of Bama football, for all the calls, all the chats, the donations, the conversations we've had today. You making this your spot to talk Bama football. Gotta show some love to my man John Ivory in the production studio handling that business there from behind the scenes. And till next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value those husbands, children continue. Doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored there. Get yourself those three party meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Enjoy the NFL draft on tomorrow night and going into the weekend. Hopefully we see quite the amount of Bama players taking off the board here. But until next time, folks, I'm your man, Stephen Smith, and this has been, in my own words. 